0: Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. So first of all, huge shout out to my friend Jeff James for last week taking over while I was voiceless and snotty and awful. So thank you so much, Jeff, for bringing a word last week. It was wonderful. I got to watch it from home. Um, So it's great to have people that we can rely on when I'm sick. So thank you, Jeff Janes, and thank you, Jesus, for Jeff Janes. Let me ask you a question this morning. What are you you good at? And this is not rhetorical. I want to hear some things. What are are you good at? Well, what are you good at? Baseball. Baseball, very good. What about you, Ben? Um, also, baseball. also baseball. No, who's better? Do you fight about it? You, okay. <laughs> definitely, definitely it's Ben. What are some things you're good at, friends? What, Levi? You. You're good at computers, like building them, using them, coding for them. Yeah. How many of you are artists? Can anybody paint or draw or sculpt? What do you got? Owen, oh, I've seen your, so we have journals for all of our students for Wednesday night and confirmation. And uh, Owen does some pretty great drawings and sketches in his little book. So, yeah, very cool. Isaac, you had your hand up. What are you good at? Uh, Mathematics. Mathematics. That is a huge gift. I don't have that. (laughs) (laughs) What are some things you're good at? I'm really good with my hands. Like, I am great at working on vehicles. I like tinkering with 3D printers and all those fun things. You're also good with your hands, mechanically inclined. Yeah. What are some things you're good at? What? Breaking things? We make a good team then, Gage. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jeff knows all the words. <laughs> okay, so let me ask another question. Some of you are very shy. Is there something that you wish that you were really good at? What, Levi? You wish you were good at that? Bet- Same. Preach, bro. Preach. You wish you were good at social studies? Well, like, in social studies, I'm fine at it, but I could do better. Okay. Because, like, I'd like to do better than getting five out of ten on all the quizzes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What people were good at social studies. Okay, so Jeff wishes more people were good at social studies. What are some things you wish you were good at? I wish I was good at playing a guitar. Like, I know chords, that's easy. But I wish I could be like Gage, right? Like, be able to do scales and be able to, like, improvise and do... I wish I was good at that. <laughs> what do you wish you were good at, Isaac? Being even closer to God. Oh, wow. That's a good one. And now I feel really guilty. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What, what are some things you wish you were good at? Anybody? Okay, so then I'm going to ask another question. How many of you have known people who have just an incredible gift or a talent that you're a little bit jealous of? Yeah? James. Ja- oh, James Merchant. So James, who has played the bass for us, he has also played the guitar for us. He has also played the drums for us. He is multifaceted. I'm also jealous of the skill. And he's also got perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. He's just all kinds of gifted. Yeah, crazy, right? What, Levi? Myself. You're jealous of yourself. That's not how that works, son. Sometimes I do stuff on accident that I wish I could do on Okay, now, okay, got it. So sometimes he does some stuff accidentally that he wishes he actually knew how to do. Okay, now that makes sense. Is there somebody in your life that you're super jealous of? And if you listen, If they're in this room, you don't have to say it, but um, be thinking about that. Do you ever see people who are gifted differently than you and you wish that you could do what they do? I think all of us kind of have feelings like that from time to time when you see somebody who is an incredible sprinter or somebody who plays the foosball well or, you know, like who's somebody who is gifted in uh, creating artsy things, you know, uh, painting or sculpting or like that just amazes me. It blows me away. Oftentimes we as people get to see others who are gifted differently and sometimes we wish we had those same things, right? Right. The great news is that God has given us a ton of gifts and he's equipped uh, He's equipped us with talents that make us unique for a purpose. So just like many of us have gifts and talents we use for our jobs or particular extracurricular activities, God gifted us with things that he wants us to use for him. Have you ever known somebody that's just gifted like all the way around? Somebody who knows all the things and does all the things pretty dang well. I had a friend uh, that I met when I was in middle school. In seventh grade, I met this guy. And this guy, um, gosh, it's hard to even explain him because he was a freak of humanity because he was, in seventh grade, was the most ripped guy I'd ever met in my life. Like, super duper buff and he didn't work out. All of my friends used to make fun of him and say that he was on steroids, In the seventh grade, he just was just physically different than every one of us who were like 87 pounds and scrawny and weird. My friend was like ripped. And he was one of the fastest runners in the entire state. He set record after record after record in seventh and eighth grade. He was a brilliant man. He was mechanically a genius, right? So do you guys remember having to do things like you build things out of toothpicks when you're younger? Like, did anybody have to do that in school? I remember doing that. We had to make a bridge out of toothpicks. And then, like, the best bridge gets to go on to, like, all these competitions around the state. Well, my friend built, like, the most beautiful bridge I'd ever seen. And, of course, it was you know, it, it outmatched anybody else's bridge. He was going on to the state competition for it, and I, I don't know what place he got, but everything about him was just gifted. He uh, could talk to the ladies like he always had a girlfriend. He was, he was just had all these incredible gifts and talents. He knew how to build a stereo system in a car that would pound, right? He always had 15-inch subs in the back of his Jeep Grand Cherokee, you know? He had all the gifts, Not only that, but he was a great guy. He just loved people. He was really kind. Later on, uh, I think it was our freshman year, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, which is a cancer. Uh, And he lost all of his hair, uh, and we used to draw on his bald head. Uh, It was a lot of fun. But he ended up overcoming cancer, but because of his diagnosis, because of the swelling of his lymph nodes, he had a grapefruit-sized tumor between his lungs and his heart. And so this incredible gifted runner could no longer run. Because he didn't have the athletics behind him like he used to have uh, as he got older and we you know, started you know, getting introduced to all the worldly things when you're you know, 10th grader, 11th grader, 12th grader, uh, he began to smoke, which was obviously after he beat cancer, probably not a good idea. And that smoking led to marijuana and that marijuana led to other drugs. And uh, he eventually lost his whole family, lost his wife, his child because of his drug addiction. His body and his mind were incredible gifts that later on in life he abused and those gifts and talents that he was given were no longer being used to do the things they once had, Right. He stopped going to classes in college. He stopped running. He stopped working out. And eventually, his body began to decay and he was kicked out of school for not going to class. The gifts that he was given when he was younger, he stopped using and began to use them in a way that did not glorify anything but a hedonistic lifestyle. His life dramatically changed. So while, you know, a lot of us that have gifts and we've seen people who are gifted, uh, their story doesn't always end up like that. I mean, it just seems like a perfect Hallmark movie, like the kid who has everything loses it with the hope that at the end of the story, he gains it all back, but I don't know the end of the story yet. I lost contact with him a number of years ago. And so my prayer is that he's gotten his life back on track and he's, you know, I know that he's been remarried and I, I hope that he's been able to reconcile with his child, but I just don't know. We want the best to happen for him, and we want the best to happen for all of us, but, but sometimes when we abuse the things that we've been given, bad things come. So today, in week three of our sermon series on the membership vows of the United Methodist Church, we're talking about gifts. And I have to be honest with you, when we talk about gifts, it's hard for me to put together, I think, a good sermon that, that does justice to how important our gifts are. Do you believe that everybody around you in this room has something they're good at? Do you believe that? While we may not know what that looks like, I believe that fully, that you have been given a specific gift or two or three that makes you incredibly valuable. Some of you in this room are incredible athletes. Some of you are talented painters or artists. Some of you are gifted cooks or bakers. I know that uh, Tim is a, a very gifted smoker of all the things, right? Some of you are gifted teachers or leaders. Some of you are gifted at mathematics or engineering. Some of you in this room have a gift that you may not even have discovered yet. What's my gift? I don't. I think it's what you're doing right now. Oh. Well, thank you, Harry. I agree. I going to say, one of the things earlier I was going to say, I'm jealous because I wanted to plant a church and didn't have the gift to do it, and you do. So. Well, I, I appreciate that. However we look at our lives, there is something that you do well that probably no one else can do as well as you do. So here's the great news. The church knows this and we want to use this. The church wants to equip you to use your gifts to benefit the kingdom of God but we don't want just to use your gifts. We don't want to just use your finances. We want to use the whole you to be a missionary at the world around you for the kingdom of God. The good you, the bad you, all parts of you, the church wants to use to make a difference in our society. You individually are a gift and the kingdom of God needs you So the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, he wrote a letter to the church in Rome and the book of Romans in our New Testament reminds the people of the early church that God's gifts to his people are meant to be used for something greater than just themselves. Paul reminds the early church and the early Christians to use their gifts to make the whole world a better place. So we're gonna have a chance to read that together. It'll be on your screen. It comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses three through eight. And here's what the word of the Lord says to us today. In verse three, it says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, and this again, the apostle Paul talking, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And hear this, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We can look around this room and we can see that we're all different, right? Some of us are very tall. Some of us are of the perfect height. Some of us are older. Some of us are younger. But God has made each one of us different for a reason and a purpose. And God expects us. He doesn't ask us. He expects us to use our gifting to change the world around us to do better. He wants us to use what we have to bless others with, right? And every single one of our gifts are incredibly valuable to the kingdom of God. Friends, you are important. You are valuable. If you haven't heard that in a while, hear that today. You are valuable. So not only should we use our gifts for the building of God's kingdom here on earth, but we're required to do it. God gives us gifts so that we can be a blessing to other people. Scripture tells us that we should never, ever let the things that we've been blessed with go unused. I've got a video I'd like to show us this morning, and it's, it's talking about a scripture uh, that we can find in the book of Matthew. So I want you guys to pay attention to this short three-minute video. Let's watch this together. Okay, so this is a bit of a teaser for a parable of Jesus. And he tells us this parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. And I'd like you to follow along on the screen. You've probably heard it before, but this is a parable uh, about what it's like to be given something valuable. Verse 14 says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off. He dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants, he returned and he settled accounts with them. The man who had five bags of gold brought the other five master. He said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's pretty excessive, right? This parable is about God and the gifts that he gives each of us. So in this parable, we get to see a master who based on knowing his servants and he knew them, he gave them what they could handle. To when he gave five, to the other two, to the other one, because he knew the people he was giving these gifts to. He didn't give them too much. He didn't give them too little. He gave them exactly what he knew they could handle. And then it says the master just goes away. I don't know about you guys, but when I leave town, I don't give money to people. But the master gives five bags, two bags, and one bag of gold to people as he leaves town. So he goes out of town, and he doesn't micromanage how the gifts are used. He gives them to his servants and then walks away. He trusts the people that he gives these gifts to, and he knows that they will do what needs to be done. It was simple. And the parable, the things that Jesus is saying to us, proves that God gives good gifts. And he expects each of us to receive those gifts and to use them to do good also. I also find it interesting the master doesn't tell them what he expects to do with the gifts. He just says, go, take these gifts and I'll be back. I think that's how God continues to work, right? When we're little, when we begin to discover who we are as young people, it's not like God shows up and says, all right, so I have given you the gift of prophecy. You're going to be able to speak words that really penetrate to the heart of people, that cut right to the heart, that that speak to justice and the need for changing in our community. He doesn't tell you that. You have to figure that out on your own. He doesn't say to you, hey, you have this incredible gift of learning new languages. You're going to need to be able to interpret Spanish to English when you go on these missionary journeys. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us these things. But wouldn't it be nice if he did, right? You're really good with your hands. You're going to go help build houses now in uh, 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 what was the, the, the country that just got devastated by a tsunami? Tonga, right? You're going to be able to go help these people in Tonga by building new structures for them to have housing. He doesn't tell us these things. God, can you please just tell me what you want me to do, right? I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I find myself like literally asking those questions. Why do I love documentary films so much? God, why is it that I love 3D printing so much? Why is it that I love to, uh, to play video games so much? Why is it that you've given me the desires of my heart in such a way that I feel like don't make any sense at all into what I do? Do you guys ever get that way? Why do I love the things I love? Why do I do the things I do? I think it's because God has put those desires on your heart to do things for the kingdom. He gives to us with expectations that we're going to discover on our own how we can best be in service to the kingdom of God. And in this parable, the master comes back and there's an accounting. What have you done with my money? The guy who has five bags, I've doubled it. I put it to work and now I've got something to give back. Wonderful. The guy with two bags, same thing, put his money to work. And the third guy, I just don't understand being given money and then hiding it in dirt. What are you so afraid of? And each servant has to stand before the master, look him in the face and tell him what he's done. And friends, that's going to be us someday. You know what the word steward means? Stewardship. You've heard this word before, stewardship. Stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. It's a job. As stewards of our own lives, we are simply taking care of the gifts that God has given us. We are stewards of what God has given us. So how are you using the things that God has given you? Are you using the desires that God has placed on your heart to do something good for humanity or do you use them for yourself? Have you taken what God has given you and you've suppressed it? Are you hiding your gifts from God? Are you investing yourself in the lives of others? Today, when we talk about gifts, we have to remember that the vows that you take as a United Methodist are to support the church, and that's not just the United Methodist Church, but the church universal, through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. How do you use your gifts to support the church? Not just your, (coughs) excuse me, not just your financial resources, but how do you use what God has given you to make the kingdom of God better? As I was reading uh, this week, there was an article I read from gotquestions.org. And it says this about stewardship. There's this universal application to all mankind. From the time of the creation of mankind, each individual has been entrusted with resources and material wealth. That's true. We are all made stewards of the gift of God. Everything we have comes from God and it belongs to him. We are responsible for using those resources so that they increase in value. As Christians, we have additionally the most valuable resource of all. We have the Word of God. If we believe and understand God and apply His Word as good stewards, we are a blessing to others, and the value of what we do multiplies. We are accountable to the Lord for the use of His resources. What was the last thing you volunteered to do? When was the last time you wrote a check to a charity? When was the last time you put something together, you built a wheelchair ramp for somebody who can't access, you know, their home easily? You know what I mean? And it doesn't take one of those things to make you a good person. It takes us using what we have, the gifts that we've been given, to make life better for others. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. And and here's where I get concerned, because in our world today, that's not how we live, Right? We can see examples all over the world of people who are all about me. I want more money. I want more wealth. I make rules in Congress that benefit me. I do all the things that make me better, right? And we don't give like God has asked us to. As the church of Jesus Christ, we are called not to be about us, but about others. And it's just kind of lined up perfectly that tomorrow we get to celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We recognize the difference that we can make in the world when we live for others by looking to the example of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When we look back at his life, we see the impact that can be made when we use our voices, when we can use our gifts for justice and equality. We can use our gifts to better the world around us. And sometimes the gifts that we have, sometimes the things that we do aren't going to make a worldwide change, but they're going to make a small change that maybe saves someone's life. It might make a community-wide you know, change that, that helps other people in a way that they couldn't help themselves. So here's my challenge for us this week. And it's not just a challenge for this week, but it's a challenge for always. Always. Let's find ways that we can use our gifts to give back to God. Whether it's our talents, our joys in life, or our finances, let's find ways that we can make the world a better place by giving back to God. We've talked about tithing in here over the last few months, and I don't think tithing is only about money. Tithing is also about us. We have to give our whole selves back to God. It's not just about income. So this week and always, may each of us find a way to serve God using all that we are, every one of our gifts. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for gifting us in unique and wonderful ways. God, I pray that that over the next coming weeks and months, we can find ways that we can use our gifts to change the world around us. God, let us be open-minded. Let us be open-handed so that we can give of ourselves to benefit the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, as we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. tomorrow, help us to recognize the difference not only he makes, but that each one of us can make in the world around us. God, help us to be a voice for justice, a voice for righteousness, a voice for equality, a voice of hope. God, let us not just use our hands and feet, but our entire selves to make the world a better place, to bring about your kingdom here and now. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us the gifts that make a difference Help us to be a gift to our world. As we ask in your name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.